This is an interesting classical lesson, I think. Um, in some ways, you know, we, we get the sense that already Jesus is maybe turning the corner on some things and beginning to focus his sights on Jerusalem and his end days. And in a sense, maybe this question that he asked the disciples, who do people say that I am, uh, is like a final exam. You know, the coursework of Discipleship 101 has been completed, and all that remained was for Jesus to test the disciples in a way. Uh, what have you learned over the past three years? And there were only two questions, and one sounded a bit like a multiple choice question, and the other was more of an essay question. So the first question he asked, who do people say that I am? And then he asked them, who do you say that I am? It's an interesting question to begin with, or two questions. And it was an interesting place where he asked them. I don't know if you've been to Israel, but uh, Jesus and his disciples had traveled to the very northern tip of Israel. And in present-day Israel, it was around the city of Dan. It's right across from the Syrian border. You can look ahead and see Mount Hermon with the snow-covered cap. And if you looked another direction, you could see the country of Lebanon. So they're very far removed from all of the distractions of Jerusalem and urban living. They're out in the country. It's beautiful country. And they're also in an area where a lot of non-Jews were living and traveling. So there were a lot of influences in the culture in that part of Israel. And in that very spot where we think Jesus asked this important question of the disciples, the Romans had built a temple to the god Pan, and there were other shrines and memorials for other gods in that region. So it was a region full of multi-faith images of God and temples to various gods. So in that context, Jesus was asking the question, who do people say that I am? And he gets all of the interesting answers. Some say that you're a prophet. Some say you're John the Baptist. And then he asked them the even more important question. Who do you say that I am? Now, I've heard people just imagine what the disciples might have been thinking. And there are a lot of jokes out there. Maybe we clergy watch different channels for religious jokes. But um, one, one cartoon said that one of the disciples was ready to say this. You are the eschatological manifestation of the ground of our being. <laughs> but before he could get that out, Peter jumped in and said, you are the Christ. And so um, 
maybe when Peter answered so quickly, the other disciples had some thoughts. Um, maybe James was ready to say, well, I was going to say that first. Maybe Thomas said, well, I had my hand up, but Jesus never calls on me. And maybe John whispered, well, Peter's the teacher's pet anyway, so he always gets called on first. Um, but he did ask the question, and Peter had an answer. The real question, though, is what would you say if Jesus asked us the same question? Who do you say that I am? So maybe this is a moment in time when all the things that we've learned, all the things that we've experienced in Jesus comes down to that one question. Who do you say that I am? When Jesus entered Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, Matthew tells us that when the parade had caught the attention of the religious pilgrims, who were there for the feast of the Passover, they began to ask each other, who is this coming into town? And some in the crowds offered this answer, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. It was their inability to correctly answer the question, who is this, that led some to brand him as a common criminal, while others lauded him as the Christ. This is not the kind of question we expect to hear being asked in our world today. But several years ago, quite a few in fact, Time Magazine had a cover story which asked, who is Jesus? And the article was prompted by the release of that controversial film, uh, maybe you've seen it, The Last Temptation of Christ. And it began to raise all kinds of questions about what was called at that time the diversity of Jesuses. And it led to what the writer was saying was a culture of people who could take their pick about who Jesus was for them. So when Jesus asked the question, who do you think I am? Is it a multiple choice question where we just pick and choose who we think Jesus is? He has a lot of labels and titles associated with him. You know, he's an itinerant sage or a Hellenistic cynic or an apocalyptic prophet or an inspired rabbi. Uh, some of his enemies might say that he's a blasphemer, a false prophet, a madman, a criminal. Um, so the question is, which Christ is he for you and for me? In spite of the centrality of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, what it says in the prologue to the Gospel of John is still true. He was in the world and the world came into being through him yet the world did not know him. And similarly, Jesus Christ is in his church. The church came into being through him, yet sometimes one wonders if the church doesn't know him well at all. 
Uh, we talk about Jesus, we sing about Jesus, we watch movies about Jesus, we teach children about Jesus, we tell our children how much Jesus loves them, we pray in Jesus' name. We even pray the prayer daily, I hope, that Jesus taught us to pray, yet we might still stumble over the answer when we are asked, who is Jesus to you? Maybe we don't know enough about what happened in Jesus' life. Uh, maybe M. Scott Peck is right when he says Jesus is the best kept secret in all of Christianity. There are some popular books that suggest that maybe we need to have a new encounter with Jesus. So Philip Lancy, Yancey has a book, The Jesus I Never Knew, or Marcus Borg has a book, Meeting Jesus Again for the First Time. Um, maybe it gives us an idea of something that we can think about. Uh, some of us might have what's called the term paper attitude toward Jesus. We rely on what others tell us about him, or we do some research. We have nothing but footnotes in our faith, maybe a few original ideas, but not many. We may know all of the facts about Jesus, but the question is, do we really know him? Do we have a good relationship with this Jesus? That's why the way we answer Jesus' question, who do you say that I am, is a telling moment. It defines our relationship with him. A couple things are worth noting about this question that Jesus asked. The timing was crucial. He didn't give a quiz the first week after they came together as his disciples. He didn't ask them what they thought of him when he recruited them. He simply said, follow me. And then in being with him and watching him and learning from him and seeing him as the Messiah, the Son of God, they would develop their own ideas and they would understand who he was and why he was there. And it was in that personal relationship um, that they grew in their faith. And that's what led Peter to say, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. As in any personal relationship, our perspectives can sometimes change. Um, we, we grow in our knowledge of and our relationship uh, because relationships are dynamic and it helps us to say finally we have come to know Jesus. This might be the answer for us today as we contemplate the question who do you say that I am? I would say as your pastor um, go back to some of the basic things Go back to the Gospels and read the stories of Jesus and put yourself in that place. See what he did and listen to the way the people around him responded. I would say if you have one of these, I don't know if you can see this here. I know it's backwards. Luther's small catechism. If you have one of those at home, take it out 
and review it. Remember what you were taught when you were confirmed. If you don't have a copy of Luther's small catechism, email me, I'll put one in the mail to you. But one of the things that the catechism does is it asks questions and it gives answers. So what does this mean when we talk about Jesus in the creed? And in Luther's catechism, it says, I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord. He has redeemed me, a lost and condemned creature, purchased and won me from all sin and from death and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy, precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death that I may be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, even as he is risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity. This is most certainly true. Does that sound familiar to you? Yeah, it's a good review. The other thing is, just embrace these moments you have with Jesus. Recall all of the times in your life when you were just filled with gratitude and you experienced so much more fully the grace and love of Jesus than at any other time. Spend time in prayer and meditation. Call on the name of Jesus often. Sit and just let Jesus speak to you, if that works in your prayer, but grow in your relationship. And practice how you might answer if someone came up to you on the street corner and said, who do you believe that Jesus is? Have an answer ready to give them. And by doing so, we grow the church. And we become part of that rock, Jesus Christ, the foundation of our faith. And we know the church is strong. Amen.